Amen. Amen. Well, family, that's good for me, but why don't we give Jesus some praise in this place? Come on and magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Come on, he's bigger than you're praising him right now. He's greater than you're worshiping him right now. Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Amen and amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I always want to make sure that you clap more than more for Jesus than you do for me. Because I'm just a man, but he is the message. And I'm excited to worship him every single Sunday. Um, I'm honored to be here. I'm honored, honored, honored to be here. Um, I count uh, David and Megan as, uh, as some of my best friends in ministry. There's sometimes where, um, where, as we're talking about uh, crossing cultural barriers, where you have to work at it, where it has to be hard, and, and it, sometimes it's difficult, and you have to get outside of your comfort zone. But there are other times where God makes it really, really easy. And being a friend to this couple is really, really easy. Um, I'm so thankful for this house, uh, your leaders here. Uh, I know several of them. Scott, I've got a chance to be with him, for, with Jermaine, with Andrew. Come on and preach the offering message, Andrew. Come on. I was like, well, what do I mean? Okay, amen. Let's go home. Praise God. Uh, Miata, I feel like is like uh, Angel and I's long lost sister or something. It's been it's been great being a part of your family. Um, well, family, there is a word from God this morning, and so we're going to go uh, to the Word of God for that word, and it's going to come from Second Kings chapter six. And before uh, I begin, I also want to honor my wife who is here, uh, the apple of my eye, the wick to my candle. Okay, praise the Lord. Um, let me move on. Praise God. We'll be preaching fast if I keep looking at her. All right. So uh, this is my family. Uh, I've got two daughters. Aylin is uh, three uh, and my newborn Avonlea. She is five months old. And I have Asa, my son, that is busy. All right. So, <laughs> so I have three kids, uh, three and under. So I'm sleepy. All right. So... <laughs> As I said before, a three kids, three and under is not a prayer request, but if you want to throw one up, right. I will be receiving that, okay? <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Second Kings chapter 6, uh, verse 8, 8 through 19 is what I'll be covering. Second Kings chapter 6, verse, verses 8 through 19. And it reads, When the king of Aram was waging war against Israel, he conferred with his servants, My camp will be at such and such place. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, be careful passing by this place for the Arameans are going down there. Consequently, the king of Israel sent word to the place, excuse me, sent word to the place the man of God had told him about. The man of God repeatedly warned the king so the king would be on his guard. The king of Aram was enraged because of this matter and he called his servants and demanded of them, tell me which one of you is for the king of Israel. One of his servants said, no one, my Lord. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in your bedroom. So the king said, go and see where he is so I can send them to capture him. When he, told, when he was told Elisha's in Dothan, he sent horses, chariots, and a massive army there. They went by night and surrounded Elisha's bedroom. No, it surrounded Elisha's house. No, it surrounded Elisha's city. When the servant of the man of God got up early and went out, he discovered an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. So he asked Elisha, oh, master, what are we to do? Elisha said, do not be afraid, 
for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When the Arameans came against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, please strike this nation with blindness. So he struck them with blindness according to Elisha's word. Then Elisha said to them, this is not the way and this is not the city. Follow me and I will take you to the man you're looking for. And he led the enemy right out of that city. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word is blessed, God. It's blessed because you've already spoken it. So, God, I pray that this is the last moment in which I'm speaking and now you speak. Father, I pray for Holy Spirit empowerment in this moment to do what I cannot do, what only you can do. Change hearts, break chains. Let us be drawn closer to you by the power of your word today. God, we honor you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So family, um, uh, like I said, uh, I'm, a, I, I'm a husband. I, I love my wife. Everything is going great at the house. We've got three kids. It's busy. Um, but I want to tell you a little story about when we first got married. And for, to do that, I'm going to have to go back to my father. We, um, uh, we, I grew up, I have uh, uh, two sisters. I have an older sister and a younger sister. I'm the middle child and the only boy, so that's my problem. So, <laughs> so growing up, um, we had a, a, a chore schedule. You guys have chore schedules at your house, right, where you got to rotate what you're supposed to do, right? And so there was, there was a, a series of chores that you would rotate on, and, you know, someone has to sweep the floor, someone has to do the dishes, someone has to do the bathrooms, blah, 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 blah. Well, there was one chore that, did, that never rotated. There was one chore that was always my chore to do. As the boy in the house, it was always my chore to take out the trash, to dump the trash. And you know what, family? I didn't think it was fair. And so I felt with, my, with myself, I was going to tell my father what I thought about his non-rotating chore. I felt like, you know what, I'm growing up. I'm a reasonable person. My father, I thought, was reasonable as well. So I can, I, let, me, let me go explain to him while I feel like this chore should also rotate. So I went to my dad and I said, hey, Pop, I've been noticing some things around here. That, that, that the girls aren't dumping the trash, right? And my father used to always fuss because I would forget that chore, right? I was in middle school, high school. I had a lot of things to think about back then, okay? You got to bring number two pencils to school. They number pencils. I don't know, Daddy. I'm busy. I got things to do. I can't handle it. And so I would, I would forget all the time, and he would always fuss, you know? Trash get taken out the same day of the week, every single week. Why can't you remember to do this? And so I came to him and I said, all right, Pop, you know, uh, 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 you know I, don't, I, don't get, I don't get why I have to be the only person taking out the trash around here, you know. And, and, and he said, and he said, he listened to my argument and he said, son, let me tell you something. Mosley women don't touch trash. I said, well, well see, y'all, y'all humming like you agree with them. No, I didn't like it. <laughs> No, I didn't know. I didn't know. I feel like, well, they should, okay? And so it bothered me, but I wasn't crazy. So I said, well, we're going to go ahead with his rules because, praise the Lord, I'm scared of my dad. So anyway, 
So we went, we went good with those rules. And, and, and so, you know, I, I, I keep growing and everything like that, grow up, whatever, go to college, right? Meet Angel, we get married. And, uh, and, and, and we, had a little, we had a little townhouse together. And I was in the living room one day, okay? And we had a little small townhouse so you could see into the kitchen. You know, praise God for expansion. But anyway, you start where you start, okay? So I was in the living room, and I could see, and I could see into the kitchen. And I'm sitting in the living room, and all of a sudden... I hear this, this familiar plastic sound start rustling in the other room. And I, and, and I was like, what, Hark? What is that? What's that? Wait a minute. And I heard, I heard a trash bag shake out. And I, and I got it and I levitated into the kitchen. And I grabbed the shirt. I said, what are you doing? And she looked at me like I had lost my mind. She said, what's wrong with your problem? I said, hey, hey, hey. Mosley women don't touch no trash. And I don't know what you was living like before. But as of May 14, 2011... Your trash touching days have come to an end. And what I found in that moment was I had received a promise from my father that had a ripple effect to the son. And now that son was affecting the generation that was to come after him. From revelation, it began to ripple and ripple throughout my family. Family, I've come to speak a message to you called the ripple effect. What happens when we receive a revelation from our Father and how we let that permeate beyond the moment of revelation, not only to our family, but to our city as well. Somebody say amen in this place. And so, out of this ripple effect, I want to, I want to talk about three things. I want to talk about the revelation. I want to talk about recruitment. And I want to talk about the results. Revelation, recruitment, and results. Ripple effect is defined as the continuing and spreading result of an event or action. Ripple effect is defined as the continuing and spreading result of an event or an action. Three points, revelation, recruitment, and results. Y'all ready to rock and roll this morning? Revelation, our first point comes from verses 8 through 12. When the king of Aram was waging war against Israel, he he conferred with his servants. My camp will be at such and such place. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Be be careful passing by this place for the Arameans are going down there. Consequently, the king of Israel sent word to the place the man of God had told him about. The man of God repeatedly, repeatedly warned the king so the king would be on his guard. The king of Aram was enraged because of this matter, and he called his servants and demanded of them, tell me which one of you is for the king of Israel. One of his servants said, no one, my lord, the king. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the bedroom. So we see the king of Aram is approaching, uh, and, he's, and he's attacking the Israelites, and, and every plan that the enemy has keeps getting found out. And so he's quite upset about this, so he calls all his servants together, and he's like, hey, uh, which one of y'all is the leak? And they go, well, well, no one, no one's the leak, right? Now, I don't know. I didn't do it. And he says, what's going on is, uh, there's a, there's a prophet in, in Israel and, and the, and, and God is telling this prophet everything that you plan. 
Now, my question was, if you're not the leak, how you know all that information? But that's not the point of what I'm talking about right now. In other words, they are trying to tell the king of Aram that Elisha has a revelation that's greater than your plan of attack. Elisha has a revelation from God that's, ba- that's greater than your schemes. Elisha has a revelation from God that's more powerful than your plans. Guess what, family? We have received a revelation from God that's more powerful than the enemy's plans for Sterling, more powerful than the enemy's plans for your marriage, more powerful than the enemy's plans for your finances. We serve a God that is more powerful. And so he receives this, this revelation from God of what's going on in the king of Aram's bedroom, what's going on with the king of Aram's plans. And let me tell you something, family, if we want to affect this city, every ripple effect that comes from this house has to first start with a revelation from God. It doesn't start with a spreadsheet or a plan. It doesn't start with a good idea. It doesn't start with a vote. It doesn't start with any of that. It starts with what God has said. Because if God has said something, there hasn't been a mountain created yet that he couldn't move. There hasn't been a sickness created yet that he couldn't heal. There hasn't been a word that he has said yet that has fallen to the ground. If God has said it, that is going to settle it forever in our lives. And so it starts with a revelation. I love the promise that's found in the word of God when it comes to receiving revelation from God. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 10 through 11 says this, For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. What is the scripture telling us there? That we have rain that comes from heaven, snow that comes from heaven, and when it touches the land, it produces what it was sent to do. So is the word of God in our lives, that when it is sent from heaven, it has no other option but to produce in your life what it was sent to do. We must have a revelation. Now, I know I'm from Harrisonburg, Virginia. Pastor David said that in his introduction. We're about two hours south of here. And I don't know about the weather up here, but the weather down there, I've never seen it rain backwards. (laughs) I've never seen it snow upside down. I've always seen the rain fall from heaven and produce on the ground what it was supposed to produce. So every single time it rains in my life, I'm reminded of the promises of God that just as guaranteed as this storm is, just as guaranteed as this rain is, so is guaranteed the word of God in my life and whatever he sends it to do, it will perform, it will do, it will produce in my life. And so you can stop believing the word of God when it starts raining upside down. But as long as we see rain doing what it's supposed to do, so will God's word do what it's supposed to do. Now, we have to try to understand then how this scripture works. Why is that promise so guaranteed in our lives? Why is revelation so strong in our lives? Why is the word of God so important for our lives? The word of God is important because God speaks creation. Remember that. God speaks out creation. Remember, we serve a God that in the first chapter of Genesis said, let there be, and then there was. When he speaks, 
there has no other option but for it to be created because he speaks with creation power. Do we follow? So let's, let, let's, let's give a practical example of this. And I love this. I got this from my mother-in-law. When, 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 if God was to come in here, if Jesus was to walk down into, into Sterling campus today, uh, first of all, I'd panic. But anyway, second of all, we'd probably let him preach. We'd all, you know what? Come on up here, Jesus. Come on. This your house anyway. Come on up here, baby. You got it. All right, I'm going to go sit down. But anyway, other than, you know, slight panic, right? If Jesus came in here, right? And he said, good morning, Sterling. Isn't it a wonderful Monday morning? Now, we'd all be sitting there like, uh-oh. Jesus, Jesus didn't mess up. He done made a mistake. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> hey, Jesus. Come here. It's, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. We'd all, we'd all be sitting there like, uh-oh, Jesus missed it. And while we would be sitting around wondering, as soon as the word Monday slipped out of his mouth, Every clock and calendar would jump 24 hours in advance to align itself with what the creator just said about creation. As he begins to speak, the axis of the earth, we would rotate 24 hours to align itself with what God just said. Let me tell you something, family. When God speaks it, he creates it. We have promises that are found in his word. And that's why we can't just be wishy-washy about his word. And many of us try to, try to maintain our position in God without the word of God. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God lasts forever. Let me tell you something, family. The word of God lasts longer than your strategy. The word of God lasts longer than your spreadsheet. The word of God lasts longer than your plan. That is why you have to have the word of God. You are called to make a ripple effect in this city, in this area, in this county. And to do so, we have to have the word of God. Now, how do we get the word of God? We recognize That if we want to know what God is saying, we should look at what God has said. Because what God has said is what God is saying. The Bible is our inerrant source of the word of God in our lives. And as our apostolic father says, read your Bible every day. We recognize that the word of God is not optional in our lives. It is necessary for our lives. And it is the place, the foundational place where we hear from God is in what he has spoken through his word. And sometimes we are trying to accomplish and trying to do and trying to move without a revelation found from his word. Another place in which we hear the word of God is through prayer and fasting. We know a little bit about that this week. Y'all were doing that up here too, right? Praise God. Hungry for Jesus, baby. That's what we're doing. That's right. I'm hungry. Want a little something? Let's not get distracted. Anyway, praying, fasting, right? It opens us up for an awareness for what God is saying and what God is speaking. 
It doesn't garner favor with him. It doesn't, it's not like we're fasting for him to do something or to move. We're fasting to get ourselves out of the way that says, God, I know what the bread of this world can offer me, but I want to move that out of the way and see what the bread of life can offer me. It positions us to hear from God through prayer, through fasting. Another way in which God, we hear the voice of God is through sermons and through teaching. Hopefully, as I'm saying something today, that God is speaking. Because if he doesn't show up, then I shouldn't have shown up. Through teaching, through preaching, we can hear the word of God. From what Pastor David, the leaders here teach, and what they they proclaim from this pulpit is the word of God for our lives. Community is another way in which we hear the word of God. Through friends and brothers and sisters in Christ that love God and love us. They can speak the word of God to us. The word of God is everywhere. Are we listening? Are we listening? Because in order to have a ripple effect, we've got to first have a revelation from God. Sterling, I believe that as you spend time intimately with God, he's going to start revealing to you the secrets and the plans of the enemy. You have to position yourself to hear. It all starts with the revelation, but that's not the, la- that's not the only thing that happens in this ripple effect. We start with the revelation, but then we must move on to recruitment. Second Kings 6, 13 through 14 is what we'll use for this point. 13 through 14, it reads, So the king said, Go and see where he is, so I can send men to capture him. When he was told, Elisha's in Dothan, he sent horses, chariots, and a massive army there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early and went out, he discovered an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. So he asked Elisha, oh, master, what are we to do? And Elisha said, don't be afraid, for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So let me tell you a a, a little secret here. Once you receive a revelation from the Lord, guess who's not going to be excited about that revelation? The enemy. So as you begin to understand and grow in the promises and principles of the word of God, the enemy is not going to be excited about that. Knowing the word of God now qualifies you for an attack. But guess what, family? There is more with us than those who are against us. And greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. So this is not a tactic to make you afraid. It's a tactic to make you powerful in God. So we recognize that, 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 that there was no real issue with Elisha until Elisha started to get on the enemy's radar. And the way in which Elisha got on the enemy's radar was through a revelation from God. In Mark chapter 4, it talks about the enemy's desire to steal revelation. It talks about some seeds being sown on ground and that, that, that Satan comes and he tries to uproot what we've received. We need to recognize, family, that we are in a real battle, a real war against a real enemy that does not want you to have the word of God in your life. Why? Because the enemy knows there's nothing he can do to stop it. He can't stop the word, so he tries to stop you. 
So we recognize that John 10.10 teaches us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, there's there's a consistent and, and, and constant onslaught against us receiving what God has for us through his word. And then it goes on in our story to say that, that the enemy then comes and he surrounds Elisha's city. Now, the city wasn't the problem. Elisha was the problem. So in order to get the revelation from Elisha, he tries to surround the city. In order to, in order to, to, to confuse and to disrupt what Elisha has received, the king of Aram decides not to go only after Elisha, but go after Elisha's city. To go after the place, the territory that the revelation lies within. I also believe, family, that as I preach to you this morning, that there are some things that are rising in Sterling, Virginia that have nothing to do with Sterling, Virginia, but has everything to do with what the revelation that is about to hit this city through this house is about. The revelation that God has given this leadership, the revelation that God has given this vision and this and this mission in this house and what it's to do to conquer and to accomplish for Jesus Christ in this city, the enemy now at times has us surrounded. Has us surrounded they weren't simply there to do harm to the man they were there to do harm to the city it goes on to say in second kings chapter 15 and 6 or verses 15 and 16 that they're surrounding the city and then the servant of the man of god he wakes up And he looks around and he says, "Uh uh-oh, we, Houston, we've got a problem. We've got us a little situation because the enemy has surrounded our city. And he goes to Elisha and he says, "Um, hey, uh, what are we supposed to do? Because... It's not looking good. And I found that it was interesting that Elisha was resting when it happened. Elisha is at rest in the city and the problems start to try to wake him up. I find that it's interesting that when the enemy begins to attack, one of the first things that he tries to take away is your place of rest, is your place of peace. One of the first things that I find that are attacked and when I recognize that the enemy is at work is when my peace begins to leave. It's when someone else's anxiety starts to become my anxiety. It's when someone else's emergency becomes my emergency. But guess what, family? I've got a different perspective than they have. I've got the word of God with me. And so he, 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 he says, hey, we're surrounded. And at that moment, Elisha says, do not be afraid. For those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Now, what I find interesting is that both were correct. Both were correct. There were horses and there were chariots and there was an army. That's scary. 
if we walk out of Dominion High School today and there are horses and chariots and an army, number one, I don't want to come back. Number two, I'm going to ask Pastor Dave, what are we going to know? But what is we going to do? All right. He's surrounded, and that's a realistic description of what he sees. Just as real as the problem is, so is Elisha's view of the power. Both were present. Yes, the horses and the chariots and the army are real. But so is it real that there are more with us than are with them. Both are as real. So stop testifying to what the problem is and start saying what the power is. And the power is found in the fact that there is more with us than are against us. Let me tell you something, family. It doesn't take much to see the problems in culture today. It doesn't take discernment. It doesn't just observate. Turn on the news. It doesn't take a lot to see poverty. It doesn't take a lot to see racism. It doesn't take a lot to see sexual morality. It doesn't take a lot to see pride and greed. It takes something to see what God wants to do about the racism, what God wants to do about the greed, what God wants to do about the pride. There is more with us than against us. There's always been more with us than against us. And let me tell you something, family. Which showed up first, the army or the power? The power was already already present around Elisha. So when the enemy comes to attack a territory, they're the second thing to get there, not the first. Before the enemy ever showed up, the word of God was present before you ever got here. Recruitment, that's what I'm supposed to talk about. All right, so we ain't got there yet. And I got 10 minutes. Here we go. Giddy up, Jesus. Here we go. All right. Recruitment. I done got excited in the Holy Ghost. All right. So here we go. Fast. All right. Here we go. So recruitment is what I was talking about. And I'm going to start talking about it right now. Okay. So Elisha understands that we've got two things going on. And it would be one thing for Elisha to know and, and, and just say, and say, don't be afraid. And leave it just as that. Because what? Elisha had the revelation. And both were true. But he didn't just leave himself with the revelation. He said, no, 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 no. I want you to see what I see. And so he does something extraordinary in verse 17. He says, then Elisha, it says, then Elisha prayed, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw what Elisha saw. Elisha was not just concerned with him knowing. He wanted to say, I want you to know too. I want you to be recruited on my team. I want you to see from my perspective as well. Well, Sterling, I think we're in the house that the message that we are to carry out to this city is, Lord, open their eyes so that they may see the power of God like we see the power of God. So they may know the word of God like we know the word of God. Don't leave them in darkness. Open their eyes. That is the mission of what God is doing in this house. He is calling people to say, open your eyes to co-workers, open your eyes to spouses, open your eyes to children, open your eyes so you can see what God is doing. All over the city is the testimony of this house that these are people with the eyes, with their eyes opened by God. Family, who have you recruited to see what you see? 
Who have you recruited to see on your perspective or from your perspective? Or are you just comfortable knowing it but not telling it? The ripple effect starts with the revelation, but it doesn't just stay there. We must then recruit. We must then say, hey, come close and let me show you what he's showing me. That happens, and then we'll see revival hit this area. We'll see what God truly wants to do. And that brings me now to our third point, results. Second King Verses 18 and 19 from our same text. It says, when the Arameans came against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, please strike this nation with blindness. So he struck them with blindness according to Elisha's word, according to whose word? Elisha's word. Then Elisha said to them, this is not the way and this is not the city. Follow me and I will take you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria. Whoa. <laughs> so Elisha, with his bad self, he says, he, he says, number one, open your eyes, right? And so then, so then his servant is now seen in the spirit realm. That's a moment. And then he, go, then he goes to meet the army. Hey, fellas. Hey, Jesus, uh, blind them. <laughs> See, because some of y'all, when I was reading it, you because you, you, you read the Bible too regularly, that's a lot that just happened right there. It's just, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. You're like, yeah, sure, he just blinded them, and that was fine. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> no, 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 that's like, that's like a thing, right? That's, that's miraculous, okay? And so it's like, yeah, that's what the Bible says, sure, yeah. So, okay, maybe it was miraculous, and we should be impressed by that, right? So, 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 so he comes out with, with, with no physical weapon, but a spiritual weapon. And he says, Lord, blind them. He did not panic. He prayed. And he prayed based upon the reality of what was present for him to pray for. And he says, Lord, strike them with blindness. And he blinds them and then has a conversation with them. (laughs) He blinds them and he says, hey, guys, you're at the wrong city. And they're like, you know, they're blinded, so they're like, okay, maybe we are, right? And so, like, I mean, I can't see anything anymore, so perhaps, perhaps, because the one I was coming about was telling secrets, now I can't see, maybe you're the wrong guy. That's right. So they're like, okay, we're at the wrong spot. And so, and so he goes, all right, well, will you come with me? And Elisha walks the enemy out of the city. Family. The end result of the ripple effect from God is after you receive a revelation, after you've opened the eyes of the city around you, you will walk the enemy out of the city and the plans that it had for Sterling will fall. Elisha takes them and walks them out of the city. And then verse 23 says that the Aramean raiders did not come into Israel's land ever again. What am I saying to you today? That as you allow this ripple effect to take place, there are some things that the enemy can't do in Sterling because you're here. There are some things that the enemy won't do because of what you have received from God. Why do you think he's placed you here? I believe that God is calling this house 
to have a ripple effect that affects this city, that affects this county. And the Lord has sent me here today to tell you to wake up that now is your time for war. Now is your time to move. Now is your time to have an effect for the kingdom of God in this place. And so, family, in closing, I want to tell you, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And it's time. If you're not serving in this house, it's time. If you're not moving in this house, it's time. You know why it's time? Because God's moving. It's time because God is speaking. And you can't just have revelation for revelation's sake, but God wants you to do something with it. And I believe that this city will be changed because this house is here. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for Sterling. I thank you, God, for this house. I thank you for this leadership. I thank you for what you are doing here. And I pray, God, for a ripple effect. I pray, God, that it doesn't just maintain itself within these four walls, but, God, it affects the city that surrounds them. God, I thank you, Jesus, for honorable leadership, for pure leadership. And I pray, God, that we would rally around what the, the, the leadership that you've given us, God, and we would go after what you've told us to go after. God, for every person sitting on the sidelines today, I pray, God, that they recognize that it's time. God, as they've received revelation Sunday after Sunday, God, I pray that they move on to recruitment. God, that they tell a city, open your eyes. That there has always been more with us than against us. Father, I pray, God, that the result of this ripple effect in this house would be that the gates of hell are slowed down in Sterling, Virginia. God, I'm grateful for this church's placement in this city. I pray your blessing over your people. God, let them be full of your spirit full of power, full of grace, full of mercy. God, we honor you for what you've done in this place today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Family, if you agree, shout amen. Come on, let's put those hands together for Jesus.